So something I've noticed very recently about YouTube is that there seems to be this trend of creators moving to YouTube as kind of this auxiliary platform. Now in the, in the late 2010s or early 2010s, the vast belief was that YouTube was kind of your main thing. And if you really wanted to be successful on YouTube, you really had to focus on YouTube a lot. And the only way to do that was to put out all these videos per week and kind of try to game the algorithm and find a niche where your content can sit and really invest in your channel being one specific thing. And not to say that that narrative has changed necessarily, but I feel like over the years, the type of people who do YouTube as their main thing have gotten into a different section of YouTube. And that's what we call the YouTuber section of YouTube, right? Now, there's this whole part of YouTube where people are doing content that's very much the same. And that's not because they want it to be the same. It's because the algorithm likes content in that particular way. So it makes sense as a person who wants to be successful on YouTube to make content that fits that style. And we all know that style where there's like a 10 second intro, the video is normally about 10 minutes long, there's a 20 second outro, and in between there's probably a sponsorship or something like that. And people take way too long to explain the point. And there's probably a talking head section and there's some B-roll and something like that. And that's kind of the pattern that YouTube has developed into. And I feel like that's because it strikes a happy medium between the level of production value that creators can afford to do being that they have to put out so many videos per week and the production value that people expect from YouTube now. And this is a common anecdote that you hear a lot of people say in the industry when they talk about watching YouTube videos in current year, whatever it is. They always mention that when they started watching YouTube in 2003 or 2004 or whatever it was, that the production value really didn't matter to them at all. But over time, as the level of quality increased all over YouTube, Whenever you search for a YouTube video on something and you click on the first thing that comes up, if it's some dude who doesn't have a mic who writes text on the screen to tell you how to download a certain thing, chances are you're not going to watch that anymore unless it's the only video on the topic you're looking for. We're kind of reaching this saturation point where there's pretty much at least a few videos about every topic on YouTube where you can afford to be this level of selective about it. And what that means is the people who make this kind of content are already gearing themselves to make a certain type of video that you will watch all the way through. And that means all the videos are almost the same now if you're a career YouTuber. You have to have a B-roll section, you have to have a talking head intro section, you have to have a sponsorship. You don't have to have a sponsorship, but chances are you will have a sponsorship because ad revenue is nowhere near what it used to be. Who knew that when supply goes up, demand goes down, right? Basic economics. And now the CPMs are down through the, the floor, and the only way people are making any real money is off of sponsorships. And that's totally fine. But what this has led to me finding in YouTube is a lot of the people that I find the most interesting on YouTube don't really do YouTube as a full-time thing anymore. Or they never did. So the difference between someone who does YouTube as a full-time career and someone who does YouTube on the side is that if you do YouTube on the side, you can afford to be more selective with how and when you make things. And an example of this would be a person who does a full-time job and just does YouTube as part of their job or not part of their job. They do it as a hobby on the side. And this means they can choose when to upload things. They can put more effort into what they do because they don't have to meet a strict quota. But that also means that they're not as successful on the platform. And at some point, you just have to make amends with that. At some point, you have to realize that the content that you're making 
may not be the best type of content suited to the platform you're on. And you have to decide whether you are just doing it because you like doing that type of video or whether you're doing it because you hope that one day it will be a full-time career. Now, one example of this going, I think, the wrong way is a channel called Jay's Two Cents. Jay's Two Cents is run by this guy, kind of middle-aged IT worker guy. And when he first started out, he used to do Twitch streams about games and graphics cards. And he would just talk about graphics cards with people. And he just did that. It was called Jay's VFX at the time. And over time, it evolved into this high production value with talking head and camera. And this is not a bad thing per se. It just shows his intentions. When he started the YouTube channel, it was very much for fun. But as the YouTube channel became bigger and bigger, it occurred to him that, hey, I don't really like my job. If I really want to do this YouTube thing, that's a definite possibility for me. And he decided that, hey, let me pivot into this. And he changed his content to suit the algorithm and to suit what other people were doing in that space. And he was very successful with it. And a few years later, he had over 500,000 subs. I think he has over a million subs now. I don't know. I haven't watched him in a long time. But he's very successful because he chose to pivot into the platform. Now, that's not to say that you definitely can't do that. There are many channels that are very small that do very particular things. I think I've mentioned this before, but there used to be a channel called Switch Force that only made machinima of, or not machinima, they made stop motion videos of Gundam figures. And they did VFX and After Effects on top of those with like lightsabers and laser blasts and things like that. And it was a great channel. I, I, I'm pretty sure most of their old videos are still up there, but their current new videos, they do the same kind of polished Nintendo Switch live stream reaction videos, I think is what their niche is now. And their channel has blown up a lot. Now, they had a lot of subs from before because a lot of people in the early, um, early late 2010s or like 2008, 2009 were very interested in this type of content because this is the type of content that used to go viral at the time was if you made a 30 second clip of two Gundams fighting with lightsabers, that thing would get like a million views and you get a lot of subs. So their channel had like 300,000 subs, but they were getting no views. And any person with a big channel can tell you if you have a bunch of subs and no active subs, no views, your channel is not worth much. So they decided to pivot into it and say, hey, we have this channel with whatever number of 100,000 subs. And we're like, let's do it. And that, that's like the organic way. Or it could be that whoever had the channel before sold it to somebody and they just do that now. I just hope they keep the old videos up because I really like those. They're really high effort, really cool videos. And that was the type of video that YouTube was known for. And another type of thing that YouTube is now very useful for is people who do other things in life and then make YouTube videos about it. And I find this extremely interesting. And one example of this would be, there's a whole subculture of YouTube about living in vans. And there are people who just want to escape their house and go live in a van. And they love making YouTube videos about this for some reason. And there are multiple, multiple big channels that make videos about living in vans. And they are extremely successful doing that. And I very much enjoy watching these videos because they're not primarily about YouTube. The big channels kind of are, like all their videos are five ways to do this or 10 things to remember before doing that or something like that. But the smaller channels don't know how to be that yet and they're still only interested in living the van life. So you get this window into another person's life where they're really obsessed with one topic and they just want to tell you about it. And that's kind of my favorite type of YouTube video. So there was this video about a guy running cable underneath the road to his house so that he could get fiber internet. And I found this extremely interesting for some reason because 
this like 40 year old dad is making a YouTube video about people coming to his house, digging a hole on the side of the road and installing a fiber optic cable so he can get internet. Now you might ask, why is this interesting? Because it turns out one of the big limitations to living out in the wilderness is getting internet. It's extremely hard to do. And if you want internet run specifically to your house, it's very expensive. So if you know a way, like this guy knew some people who just came and dug a hole on the side of the road and he asked the cable company to just run the cable and he saved a bunch of money doing that. Now, if you know something like that, this kind of life hack, it kind of makes it possible for you to move to somewhere in the woods and still have good internet. Um, and that's just one of the many things that there's all these weird subcultures in YouTube that focus on things outside of the website. And that's really the most interesting part of YouTube to me currently. Uh, and I want to do something along those lines as well. I don't want to be limited to just making YouTube because as we all know, when a culture becomes more insular, there's less room for innovation or there's even less ideas of innovation because you're so wanting to be stuck in that culture that you don't really want to shake the boat because you know where your bread is buttered. And if you go to that till, your money will be handed out to you. So instead of looking to come up with new interesting things to say, you just say things because you have to say something. And that's really the problem, I think, with YouTube at the moment. And it's not because YouTube is like falling apart. There are still all these cool subcultures in YouTube. It's just that they're harder to find now because the higher production value in studio with multiple people talking into professional quality cameras is what the algorithm prefers because that's what people watch. And because that's what people watch, the algorithm recommends it to them. So really there's no one to blame but us. We don't like hearing that guy with a scratchy webcam mic talking about the things that he's doing in his backyard or how he's starting a permaculture of three acres out in the woods. We want to hear about the two people sitting in front of a van with a Canon ADD and a Rode VideoMic Pro talking about how they quote unquote live in a van. That's a selection that we've made for ourselves. And I can't help but think that we made the wrong choice.